Amen. All right. Are you ready for a little bit of the word today? Yeah. All right. Jump up on your feet and grab your Bibles if you would, please. The, uh, it's also good to have cross-training ministry over here. All these guys over here. Can you give those guys a great big God bless you? It's good to have cross-training here. Mike Pittman back there. I saw him somewhere back there. There he is, Mike Pittman. Mike, thank you guys for being here today. It's an honor to have you in our service today. All right. Go with me, if you would, please, to um, Matthew. Man, I feel, um, I feel something stirring in my heart today. I shared with the, the group that was praying here on Tuesday night, we're probably averaging anywhere between 50 and 60 people here every Tuesday night just praying. And uh, I felt like God had put a word in my heart, and uh, that, that word was, the giants are coming down. And, and, and I said, well, maybe, you know, I'm going to keep leaning into it, see if that's what we're going to preach on on Sunday, because it's just a, such a strong word in my heart. And the closer we got to Sunday, I knew that that wasn't what God wanted me to share, and I really couldn't figure it out. So I'm in this, this, this preacher dilemma, like, what is God saying? What is God doing? And I really felt like today was a day of breakthrough. I believe there's a breakthrough over people's lives today. There's an anointing, if I can say it that way. There's an anointing for breakthrough in your life today. Whatever that is, whatever level that is on, no matter how it's attacking you or what you're dealing with or what you're confronted with, there's an anointing today to break you through. So just look at somebody next to you and say, I'm going to get to the other side. Just tell them I'm going to get to the other side. And I want to I choose my scriptures this morning out of Matthew, Matthew 14. This is sort of um, familiar territory to many people that have been in church for a while. But it's a story of Jesus there when his disciples were in the boat and they were caught on a storm. And I just want to begin in verse number 22, Matthew 14, 22. And immediately he made the disciples get into to the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he sent the crowds away, and after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., somewhere in there, he came to them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come on. And Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on water and came towards Jesus. Verse number 30, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and, began, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, oh, you little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped and there and those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, you are certainly God's son. I want to draw your attention back to verse number uh, 28 there, and Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. 
And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water. You can't get close to Jesus if you stay confined to what's limiting you. How many know that walking on water is not normal? Now, I know in this charismatic bunch of Pentecostal people, y'all walk on water all the time, but there's a few of us that ain't done it yet. How many know that walking on water is not normal? All right, now look with me, go with me to Genesis. And this, is, this is where God is breathing today, and I'm going to do my best to work it out. Genesis chapter 38, it's a story of Judah and Tamar, and Tamar was about ready to give birth. Verse number 27, and it came about at the time she, meaning Tamar, was giving birth, and behold, there were twins in her womb. Moreover, it took place while she was giving birth that one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. But it came about, as he drew back his hand, behold, the brother came out. Then she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. And then afterward, his brother came out, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was Zerah. Now, I don't want to be graphic here, but I just want to set the stage. Here you have Tamar. She's pregnant with twins, and she's given birth. And coming through the birth canal, the first baby sticks out his hand, and they tie a scarlet thread on the baby's hand to mark him as the firstborn because she had twins. They didn't have the sophisticated equipment that we have today. But he pulled his hand back up into the birth canal. And then there was a flip. There was a switch. There was a swap. Y'all get the picture? And the other baby came out. And she said, I'm going to call you Breakout. That's what the name Perez means. That's what the word breach literally means. It literally means you have broken out. You just had a breakout. How many know that baby switching in the womb after one has already started to come out and it goes back in? How many know that's not normal? So this morning I want to talk to you about this is not normal. This is not normal. This is not normal. Come on, push on about three people and tell them this ain't normal. Come on, this ain't normal. You getting your breakout ain't normal, but God's about to show up. God's about to make it happen. I want to pray for you. Father, this morning, I thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of your people. Thank you for those that have gathered. Thank you for those that are present. Thank you for those that are listening by the way of social media or the radio. And Lord, we thank you this morning for what you're going to do in hearts and lives, and we give you all the praise. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher. You're the revealer. You're the communicator of all truth. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're going to do in hearts and lives, and we give you praise in advance. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody together said amen. Amen. And amen, amen. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to begin just a little bit this morning by offering you a, a few concepts on where we're going and how we're going to get there. How many know that uh, our faith 
is not an event. How many know that our faith is not a theory? Our faith is not even really a feeling or a school of thought. Our faith is not a one-time experience. Really, if you want to define faith, faith is an attitude. Faith is a behavior. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is not something that I possess. It's something that possesses me. That's what my faith is. Hebrews 11.1 says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of those things that are not yet seen. So in order for faith to be faith, as God defines it, there has to be a substance. Faith involves substance. Faith has some stuff. It's the substance. One translation says it's the assurance of things hoped for, and it's, and it's the evidence, the proof of something that is not yet seen. So now then, our faith deals with things that are real, but they have not yet penetrated our five senses. Faith deals with things that are evidence in the realm of the spirit. It may just not have been evident in the realm of your five senses. But faith is a substance. Lost all my amens in this really wild church in here today. Might have to buy a vow early. Faith has a substance. And just because it has not been filtered through my smell, my eyes, my touch, my ears, or tasted it, doesn't mean that it don't exist. Because how many know that faith is not about how you feel? Faith is not in an emotion. Faith is nothing, has nothing to do with your feelings. Thank God for your feelings, but feelings only work in a limited realm. Feelings can only work in a natural realm. Feelings can only work through the five senses. And faith is not about feeling because you can feel different with different information. Sometimes when you don't have the information that you want, you can't go on the five senses that you know. You got to go on something that goes a little bit deeper than your eyes, your ears, your mouth, and your hands. Just because I don't see it don't mean it ain't real. Just because I can't touch it don't mean I don't have it. Whew. Just because I have not yet experienced it doesn't mean I'm not going to get it. And so I have to be careful that when I'm believing God in the faith realm, because faith is both practical and spiritual, that when I'm believing God in a supernatural realm, I don't get so tied to the natural realm that I overrule the spiritual realm. In fact, what I need to do is the exact opposite. I need to let the spiritual realm overrule my natural realm and quit talking my head out of something that God wants to do for me. So faith, has, faith, 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 faith is this journey that we are all on because faith is not this emotion. Faith is not just how I feel about things because, because you can change based on the information that you receive. The, the content 
of your life, whatever you receive, deals with your feelings. And your emotions, though they're real, it's not the engine that drives you. It's really the caboose that's coming up from behind. <laughs> and some of y'all got y'all's caboose in front of the engine, and you ain't going nowhere. When you got to get the engine back out front and just let your feelings come in line with what God is doing. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm just laying a little bit of foundation. Because if you don't get to the place where you override the natural feelings, every time something doesn't happen the way that you want it to happen, you're going to be relegated to those feelings. And the next thing you do, you're going to start talking yourself out of the promises of God. You're going to start talking yourself out of everything that God has supplied for you. And the next thing you know, you're living in a digressive state. You're living in your house. You're pulling down the, the curtains, and you're just staying in your little pity corner. And the, all, the, all the while, God has never changed what he has said about you. All the while, God has not mismanaged what he's doing over your life. It's just that you're not in agreement with what heaven is already authorizing. Push on somebody, tell them this ain't normal now. This ain't normal. So to exercise our faith, now watch me now, just a little bit more, a few, few more little foundational things. To exercise our faith, you have to have confidence about an expectation without the visible proof that it will happen. We, we sung a song a while ago. Uh, KD was leading it off. There's, there's a holy expectation rising in the room. That there, there has to be this holy expectation. I'm using the word confidence. There has to be this holy confidence, this holy expectation without visible proof that God's already made it happen. And, and, and because I'm not experiencing it in the five sense realm, doesn't nullify or negate what God has already purposed. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I watched it, especially over the last couple of years through the pandemic, through the crazy election cycle, through the uproar with what's going on in the nastiness of our governments and everything else. And, I, and I'm watching the church being dismantled like we're falling apart because of everything that's going on around us. How many know that the circumstances and the events of life have absolutely nothing to do with the will, plan, and the purposes of God? And sooner or later, you have to get to that place in your walk with God that you're not defined or limited by what's happening to you, but you're defined and limited by what's coming out of you. Tell somebody it ain't normal now. It ain't normal. So what makes this confidence possible is, is the trustworthiness of the object of our faith. The object of your faith is not a new car. The object of your faith is not a better husband. <laughs> Deal with the one you got. <laughs> the object of your faith is not to get another car, another house, another raise. I'm losing all my amens. It's fading quickly. The object of your faith is him. The uh, object of our faith is God. So you have to ask yourself the question, is God trustworthy? 
Is he trustworthy? If so, if God is trustworthy, then faith is acting like whatever God has said, he's telling the truth about it. Faith is acting like the Bible is true. So when it says I'm more than a conqueror, that means I'm not going to walk around defeated. I'm just going to believe what the Bible says. If the Bible says I am healed by his stripes, I'm not going to walk around and give in to sickness and disease if I've been healed by his stripes. If the Bible says I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out, I'm not going to live in crazy poverty. Because, you know, poverty has nothing to do with money. It's a spirit. And, and many people are trapped in low-level living, not because of the circumstances, but because you cannot get your faith around what God has already promised about your life. Because you're so tied to the natural realm. So faith is acting like whatever God has said about you is true. So the object of our faith is God. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so you, you, you can't even move in any dimension with God without faith. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going real slow. I'm just making sure you get it. And how many know that God will never give you a lifestyle where he's not necessary? I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how successful you are. God's never going to give you a lifestyle where he's not necessary in your life. And the only way that God can be necessary in your life, he's got to give you obstacles and, and, and things that you've got to work through. He takes what the devil meant for harm and he turns it around for your good. So God allows these things in our life just to let you know you cannot stay attached to the events and the circumstances. Your faith has to be in him. And when your faith is in him, I can go through whatever. Okay. So faith then... I'm about ready to preach. I feel this thing. Faith, then, is our positive response to what God has already made available. Faith is my positive response to what God has already provided through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus dying on the cross was no big deal back in, in, in those days when, in the time period in which Jesus lived. There were a lot of people that were crucified on the cross. That, that was not the distinguishing mark of, of, of his death. His death was not that he died. His death was that he got back up again. That's what separates Jesus Christ and any other known religion on the planet. The God that we serve didn't just die. The God that we serve got back up. And that's what our faith is in. Our faith is in a holy God, a magnificent God, an almighty God who has the ability to even quicken the dead and raise the dead. The Bible says the same spirit that dwells in Christ Jesus is the same spirit that dwells in your mortal body. So whatever is true of Jesus is true of you. If Jesus could command demons, you can command demons. If Jesus could wipe sickness out of bodies, you can wipe sickness out of bodies. If Jesus could walk on this planet without being moved by distress and adversities and problems and trials, you can move through this planet and not be in distress by problems, adversities, and trials. It's not that you don't have them. It's just that you get through them. Push on somebody and tell them this ain't normal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
So let me qualify a few things. My faith doesn't put me in control. In other words, my faith don't control God. (laughs) My faith don't manipulate God. Some people try to use their faith to to manipulate God to do what you want him to do. God's not manipulated by what you want. He's only moved by what he's declared. So our job is not try to make God move. Our God is to move where he's already moved. Hmm. So my faith positions me to co-labor with what heaven has already provided. In order for God's purposes, in order for God's will, in order for God's desires to be accomplished, my faith positions me in alignment with heaven so that the will of God can be produced through me. Are you still here? So so I don't have to see it before I believe it. But I do have to believe it in order to receive it. That's a tweetable moment right there. Tweet that. I don't, I'll say it again, I don't have to see it to believe it. But I do have to believe it in order to see it. And it's just a matter of time if I believe it, I'm going to see it. But if I never believe it, then I'm never going to receive it. So therefore, I'm never going to see it. (laughs) I'm messing with you. And the church has to be careful that we don't get stuck in a limited realm of our emotions and thwart the purposes of God over our lives because we don't feel it. I can tell you there's been a lot of Sundays I came in here to preach and I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> and y'all didn't either. Don't, don't, don't lie. You know you didn't feel nothing. It, you, you just do it by faith. And you just keep pressing in. And and when I don't feel it, when I feel it, the less, I want to press in the more. That's why every time there's a praise and worship service in here, if all you're doing is standing around smacking gum and holding the back of the chair, you ain't in it. (laughs) You ain't in it. You just, you here for the show. You here, you here to look good and be cute and look spiritual. But I'll tell you, but there's some people up in here that understand I ain't got time to be cute. I ain't got time to play games. I ain't got time just to go through the motions. There's things that are at stake in my life. I'm fighting for something. I'm believing for something. My praise means I'm working on something. My praise says I ain't got time to be what everybody around me don't want to be. I'm believing God for something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Because how many know that sometimes the devil's going to put stuff on you that you can't do nothing with money cannot fix cancer there's going to be things in your children's life when they're running in rebellion and things are going on crazy it don't matter how many therapies you put them through you're going to have to find another source you're going to have to know that my faith my first my confidence is in him and him alone and when the whole world is going crazy i'm going to trust in him i'm going to trust in him Pastor Carlos talked about 
the, the Wall Street stock market. I'm not, I am not moved. We, we are building buildings. We started building and moving money in the middle of a pandemic. When churches were being shut down and nobody wanted to come out, we were still moving forward. We were still having services. People were still being saved. People were still being healed. And people were still being delivered. Because you can't be bound by the circumstances. Just because I don't see it don't mean I don't have it. There's a, there's a, there's a story that's been reported, and in, 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 I did a little bit of research on it just to, to verify it, about the African Impala. They say that the African Impala, and I've been to Africa. I've hunted over there, and, and I've seen them, and it's true. They say the African Impala can jump 10 feet straight up in the air, and at a run, he can jump 30 feet out. 10 feet up, 30 feet out. But if you were to put that impala in a three-foot cage with no roof over it, just in a three-foot cage, with all of its ability and its agility, it will never jump beyond that three-foot cage, even though it can jump 10 feet high. Because it has one flaw, and that one flaw is that it will not jump where it cannot see. I wonder how many Christians are bound by a three-foot wall when you can jump 10 feet tall. I wonder how many people are walking around in levels of limitations bound by the exterior circumstances of your life because all you can see is the obstacle in front of you and never believe in God that what he's put in you can get you over every obstacle that's facing you. So it stays bound, watch this, by its circumstances. And it stays bound by its environment. You and I are living in a day like no other. There used to be a day when evil was hidden. It's in your face. And it's daring you to do something about it. Your children are being brainwashed by social media plans. I mean, they, they, they coming out of the womb texting somebody. They, they, got, they, got, they got a phone in their hand. I, they, they got phone. I, I, had to, I had to talk to them. I landed, landed, fixed it. I don't even know how to get around in my phone. I just hear landing, help me. Things are coming at them. Things are being perpetrated on them. Things are being indoctrinated in, into them. We're facing a day like we've never faced before, and the church just wants to sit back, and if we're not careful, we want to stay silent. We want to stay calm while the whole world is being jacked up around us, and here we are. We're in this little environment. We're in this little circumstance. It's only a three-foot high fence, but all we can see is what's in front of us, never realizing God has birthed inside of us the ability to get beyond my limited realm of circumstances and let the devil know, you put a fence on me, but I broke out. You tried to contain me, but I had a breakout. You tried to put some Something on me, but I broke through in the name of Jesus. I wish you push on about three people and tell them God's trying to give you a breakthrough. I'm trying to tell you, God's trying to give you a breakthrough. You've been sitting there limited, limited in your small mindedness. You've been warped down by the enemy's tactics and schemes, and all you can do is think about the misery. All you can think about is the negative report. All you can think about is what you don't have. And I'm just trying to tell you, get your mind beyond that three by five fence and know that there is a world waiting on you to break. 
out. There's a place in God where you can begin to move in freedom. This ain't normal. Many Christians are being controlled by their circumstances. Being controlled by the devil's manipulation. Because we want to see something first. Everything you see on this property didn't come because we saw it first in the natural. It was in our vision. And we began to work the vision. By the time we get through with this, it's going to look like Disney World. Without all the pedophiles. Amen. Amen. I just upset somebody's Disney channel. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe you let your kids watch it. God delivered me years ago from the fear of the people. I fear him more than I fear people. I'd rather tell you the truth and let you watch you squirm. Work it out with God. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. That's the devil. I'm listening to the Holy Ghost over here. <laughs> Many people want to see before they obey. Well, if I can see it, I'll, I'll believe it and I'll start obeying it. No. That ain't the way it works. You believe it. So you can see it. And I don't know about you. Well, the Bible says in Isaiah 119, it's it's, uh, 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 obedience. If if, if those who walk in obedience will eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I don't know about you, but sometimes being obedient is hard. Especially when you got a cuss on them. When they did something to you. Let me pick on somebody else. Especially when you don't want to forgive them. Because you know they hurt you. You know they said this about you. But you rather walk in bondage because you can't feel free and you can't get free because you won't forgive. How many know that faith works by love? So if you can't walk in forgiveness, you're not going to walk in faith. Train wreck. I'm about ready to preach. I got just a few minutes left. I'm going to preach this thing. I'm just trying to let you know where I'm about to go. Faith is tied to substance that's not yet seen. But you have to be convinced that it's real based on the integrity of the subject that it's calling for. It's real based on the integrity of the subject that's demanding your faith. God is the subject. So faith is the primary ingredient that you need in your life to experience God. Without faith, you don't please God. If you're not living by faith, then you're not pleasing God. We have to get this in the American mentality because most of us in here, as long as you've got a work ethic, you can do okay. You can have a house, you can have a car, you can have a pretty decent life as long as you've got a work ethic. 
make a little bit of money, you can provide for your family. That don't take a whole lot of faith. But God's never going to give you a life where he's not necessary. So you have to be careful that you don't get caught up in an American mentality that you're doing good without God. And, 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 and most people, if we're not careful, we don't even call on God until we got a crisis. We don't even acknowledge God until we want something or until we have to have something. But that's not the object of your faith. The object of your faith is to please him. So God wants to give you a lifestyle that you live, and it doesn't matter what the environment looks like. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. You're pleasing him with your life because some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots, but we're going to trust in the name of the Lord. So my hope, my trust, and my confidence is not in what I can do. It's in what he has already done. So I live my life not, this will help somebody. That means you live your life not to please people. And I'm not saying, it's, it's not that you're not kind. It's not that you're not nice. It's not that you're not gentle. It's not that you don't operate in the fruits of the Spirit. You don't have to be ugly. But you don't have to fear people. Because the object of my faith is to please Him. At the end of the day, I want him to say, well done. <laughs> I want him to say, boy, that now you're on the right track. I, I, I don't want to live my life where I'm getting a bunch of accolades down here, but I'm displeasing him up there. And if you're not careful, you'll start jumping through everybody's, everybody's little tunnel, everybody's little hoops. You'll start going down everybody's little lane because all you are is you've been a people pleaser. I want to tell you something, that'll wear you out real quick. Because you ain't got enough life in you to please everybody. Yeah? So faith becomes this, this thing that gets beyond my reasoning. It gets beyond my emotional realm. It gets beyond my logic. I just believe God. I just believe God. This will be on the screen for you. When we don't exercise our faith, then all we're doing is challenging God's integrity. We're challenging the one who made it possible. When God says something and you don't operate in faith on it, then you have just challenged the integrity of God. Because now you're not acting like what God has said is true. Because your circumstances do not line up with what God has said. The one thing that won't change is him. The things that do change is the circumstances. It's like this. How do you feel when you're telling somebody the truth about something and they say back to you, you're lying? <laughs> How does that make you feel? Like, no, I ain't lying. I'm telling you the truth. No, you're lying. No, it's the truth. You're attacking, you're attacking my integrity. I feel like I'm losing my amens. I better shift the gear here real quick. One of the enemies that robs the church of its faith is what I call the enemy of sameness. 
living in sameness. If the enemy can ever deprive the church of its potential, it will keep you locked up in a pattern called sameness. This will be on the screen for you. We will always lose the battle over expectation when you're locked into the lifestyle of sameness. And I believe one of the things that's going to happen in our lifetime, the moves of God that are taking place in the earth right now, we preached about this all, all, all this year. I've said enough about it not to repeat it. But all over the world, God's breaking out in other nations. But I want him to break out in my nation. And I don't want it the way it used to be. I don't want to go back to what we used to have. I want a fresh move of God. I want, a new, I want some new wine with new wine skins. I want there to be a fresh outpouring. How many just need a fresh outpouring of God in your life? I'm telling you, God wants to do that. But you cannot get locked down into a lifestyle of sameness. When believers get locked into a lifestyle of sameness, they begin, their, they begin to live their lives from the comfort zone rather than the faith zone. And we stay tied to comfort, and we're never really stretched beyond the comfort of our life. And the advancement of our life is threatened when we refuse to move out of comfort, and we stay into sameness. Now look at your neighbor and be really nice and say, you need to change. You need to change. Because he's not going to change, but we have to change. Faith cannot work in the environment of comfort. I know I'm doing a whole lot more teaching probably what you're used to, but I'm trying to make sure I get these concepts down. Faith will never work in the environment of comfort. It will never work in the environment of sameness. Comfort and sameness is tied to the physical side of your life. Comfort and sameness is tied to your five senses. Faith is never bound to your five senses. When we look on this property here, when you drove on this property right here, none of this stuff was done by our senses, by the way we felt. God gave us a word 32 years ago about what this property was to look like. I can show you models from 32 years ago of what's sitting on the property right now. There wasn't nothing on this property. In fact, I had to run a bulldozer to clear a lot of that trash out in the back. That whole thing was all grown up. I was running bulldozers and graders back there, just clearing land. The property did not look like it looks right now, but we had a word from God. And that word from God cannot lie. So we didn't put, we didn't put our hope, our thoughts, and our feelings on what we could see. We put it on the word of God. Hallelujah. How many know that will work in your finances? That will work in your children? That will work in your marriage? That'll work in your business. Amen. You just, you just stay, atta- you stay attached to the word and not your feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. <laughs> just because I can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So in our text this morning... We've got a lot more to say, but I don't want to mess up our baptism service. In our text this morning, Peter makes this crazy, audacious command. He said, Jesus, if that's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. In other words, Peter was saying, Jesus, if that's really you, 
Let me experience a dimension in you that defies logic. If that's really you, let me move into a realm that's beyond my experience. Come on, put yourself in the context. Peter had never walked on water. I know some of y'all have, but he hasn't yet. And he's saying, Lord, if that's you, give me permission to do what heaven has already declared. And you know the story, right? And Peter steps out of the boat in the midst of a storm, in the midst of battering waves, in the midst of contrary winds. Some of you are being battered by the waves right now. Some of you are in contrary winds right now. But don't let the winds, don't let the waves begin to dictate what the word of God is over your life just because you haven't experienced it, just because you haven't felt it, just because you've never done it don't mean you can't do it. And some of you right now, I'm telling you, it's about to be a breakout day. Some of you are about to break out because the enemy said, well, just stay in the boat. It's safer in the boat but Peter said no Lord if that's you give me permission to do the unthinkable how many are ready to do the unthinkable how many are ready to defy the powers of hell and let the enemy know you meant it this way but God's about to turn it around for me this way it's the way it works it's the way it works it's the way it works because You are, we are the exception to the rule. The power of God lives on the inside of us. And the truth of of God's word abides in us. So I'm not bound by what reports I hear or see. I'm not bound by what I feel in my body. Oh, my Lord. I'm not bound by the latest news report. I'm not in fear over COVID. I'm not in fear of World War III. I'm not in fear of Russia and China gathering together to beat up on America. I'm not in fear. I'm not in fear that my children and my grandchildren are going to be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. I'm not in fear that the devil is going to overthrow my children and grandchildren. I believe the word of God is over their life. I believe they will grow. I believe they will be strong. I believe they will do great exploits. I'm not intimidated by the culture. I'm not intimidated by the society that has put a rough shot against the church. You get to this place where you're walking by faith and not by sight. And, and trust me, I, I, I'm not just preaching it because it sounds good. I'm preaching it because I'm experiencing. Everybody in here has experienced hard times. Everybody in here has experienced difficult moments. Everybody in here has experienced tragedies. Everybody in here has experienced somebody that is suffering on some level, if not you. Everybody has problems. But at the end of the day, I'm not defined by the problems that I have experienced. I'm defined by the word of God over my experiences because you get to the place where you just begin to walk and you say you know what greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and you just get to that place where you start talking back to your devil (laughs) you just start speaking back to your enemy Hmm? Pam sent me a thing the other day after Tuesday night prayer something I said I guess in 20 
20, I think, or whatever it was. Never run at your giants with your mouth closed. Learn to talk back to your giants. Put a word on it. Don't put, well, this is the way I feel. No, your feelings could be jacked up. Now put a word on it. This is what God says about it. This is what God is saying over it. This is what I believe. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. So here you got Peter now. He's, he's, he's out there. He's out there, and he's walking on water. Hmm. Water is unstable. But when he stepped out of that boat on a word, what was unstable became like concrete. And I don't believe he was walking per se on water. I believe he was walking on a word. The word will sustain you when everything around you is lying to you. This ain't normal. If we can close today in just a few moments, if you're going to get ready to be baptized, you can start moving, get in line, however you need to do that, whatever the instructions were given this morning. You can feel free to do that. This is, this is where we're going. Just pay attention to me, y'all. They're just moving. They're going to get in line. Y'all going to watch them. Just watch me. I thought about this today because I believe breakthrough is happening in people's lives. God has already moved by grace. By grace, everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness has already been provided. So our faith moves us into a position what God has already made available. Watch. So I'm not trying to be healed. Over the last several years, I've been on this journey, and, and I've, I've seen enough to, I think, I can qualify, I'm qualified to say this because I've seen tons of miracles here and abroad. When you're dealing with a sickness, you don't treat it kindly. You attack it. And you drive it out. Some of y'all see when we pray for people right here, we don't, we don't give the enemy a chance to talk back. We say, uh-uh, it's illegal. You're trespassing. You have to go. Because grace has already provided healing. How did you get saved? faith, through grace by faith, right? Now watch. It don't take any more faith to be saved than it does to be healed. I don't like it when y'all get so quiet. Y'all make me nervous. I don't know if you're thinking or you're checking out. I'm trying to ponder the two. I don't need any more faith to break through than what I needed to be saved. 
Because in my salvation, grace has provided everything I need pertaining to life and godliness. In my salvation, there's life. In my salvation, there's victory. In my salvation, there's healing. In my salvation, there's devil casting out, can't stay up in my house kind of anointing. Amen. Grace has made it possible. God has already moved by grace to provide everything that you and I already need. So watch this. God doesn't react to me. My faith responds to what God has already made available. So let me say it to you this way. I'm not trying to get it. I've already got it. I've already got breakthrough. And then the supernatural workings of God, when you get to the place, because there's so many things about the attributes of God, that as long as I'm exercising my faith, God does what I cannot do. God moves where I cannot move. God fixes what I cannot fix. God touches what I cannot touch. So the presence of God gets activated because my goal, my aim is not to just to get what I want, but it's to bring pleasure to him by executing heaven's divine purposes in the earth. Jesus came. I came to set up a kingdom. He came to set up his kingdom on the earth. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So when Jesus walked on this planet 2,000 years ago, he was executing the will of God out of heaven into the earth. You and I now are the sons of God. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that the earth is the fullness of him who fills all in all through his church. He's the head. We're the body. So now we operate on that level in the body, and we begin to say, whatever is coming against me, I know I'm not supposed to walk on water, but this ain't normal. I'm going to get up out of this circumstances, and I'm going to move past it in the name of Jesus. I know this baby ain't supposed to come out like this, but God has created a breach. God has created a circumstance. God has created a moment, and there was a breakthrough. There was a breakout in the midst of the womb. And I feel like here as we get ready to go, come on, Pastor Porter, you come on. As we get ready to go, I believe under the sound of my voice, right before we baptize people, I believe there is going to be a release of the anointing of the Holy Spirit where breakthrough is about to happen in people's lives on an exponential level. Amen. So let me say it this way. Again, just to clarify where we're at. In our text, in Genesis, Tamar is about to give birth. She's got twins in her womb. The one baby comes through the birth canal, sticks his hand out. They tie a scarlet thread around that hand without anybody, usually, 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 that would be the first baby. But this ain't usual. This is unusual. Usually, you should be defeated by now. Usually, you should have already given up. Usually, you shouldn't be making it. But this is an unusual event. And, and, and Perez, however that works, in the womb, Perez snatches his brother. Say, not today. The younger is going to serve the greater. And he snatched his brother back, however that works. 
and Perez comes out. And the word Perez literally means to break forth or an unexpected breakthrough. How many are ready for an unexpected breakthrough? I mean, really ready. Come on, you can't just sit there and act like you don't want it. I mean, you really got to get up inside this thing. And what look, I don't know what all that mic stuff is, but what looked like was going to be last is now first. What was scheduled this way turned out that way. What was meant to be impossible just became possible because it is the breakthrough of Perez. Some of you got a breakthrough on you right now. And you're about to come out because this is not normal. God is about to release this supernatural, tangible evidence of the outpouring of a breakthrough over your life. If you believe that, jump up on your feet and give God praise. Come on. Come on. You got to give God praise. Come on. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry we're running out of time because I really can't qualify to where we're going. But when God breaks you out of that cycle, it's literally the breakthrough of the unexplained and the unusual. That's what it is. You can't explain it because it's unusual. When God begins to break you out of that cycle of sameness and comfort, you've got to be ready for this. Not everybody is going to celebrate your victory. In fact, people will begin to challenge you and criticize you because you're breaking out. It's not in the story per se with Peter when he got out of that boat. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, those other 11 guys in that boat were saying, where do you think you're going? We're in here fighting for our life and you bailing out on us. No, I'm just breaking out on you. I'm just letting you know I'm not tied to what you're fighting. I'm not given to what you're fighting. I'm going to walk on everything that's meant to destroy you. And I believe in this building today, they're getting ready to be baptized. All of our kids are in here. You guys, can, you guys just come on into the front. Just come on. Y'all can stand across the front here. We want our kids to see all this. This is life-changing moments. We want everybody to be a part of this. It don't take long. Come on. Come on, babies. Y'all can come on up here. Come on. Let's give our kids a great big God bless you. Come on. It's all right. I'm telling you. I, I, am so, I am so convinced that we're not going to lose this generation. I'm, t- I'm so convinced. I'm not going to lose this generation. They're going to see the power of God. They're going to see the miracles of God. They're going to see the outbreak of God. We're going to put them in environments. Y'all can sit down on the stage. Y'all can just sit there however you want to do. You can stand, whatever you're comfortable with. But I want to do this. Everybody in the building, if you're ready for this anointing, this breakthrough, come on, lift your hands right there where you are. Lift your hands. Come on, it's tangible. It's tangible. It's tangible. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, can I just have the church praying with me all over the building? People are ready. Come on, I feel this. God God is positioning you for your next breakthrough. God is positioning you for your next breakout. Something is about to shift like it's never shifted before. There's, There's a moment right here in his divine presence that my faith is being activated to believe for the impossible. If I could do it, I would have done it. If I could fix it, I would have fixed it. If I was capable, I've already done it. But there's something in me that says I refuse to be contained. I refuse to be limited and bound by what I'm dealing with. 
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, can you just lift your voice and pray? Father, right now, we release a fresh, fresh, fresh anointing over people's lives and people's hearts. Let the breakthrough of God, in the name of Jesus, every lie be canceled. Every spirit be broken. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I just want to give it another moment here. I just want you to break. I want you to break. I want you to break. I want you to break through. I want you to break out.